patterns, permutations, time, rhythm, coordination, meter, concentration, tempo, modulation, groove. Welcome to the Drum Mantra Podcast. This is Rich Stitzel, and it's time to go deeper with your practice. So what I what I did is, you know, at some point I started realizing like I can put in these, you know, these sextuplets and make it sound essentially kind of faster than it is. Polyrhythms, polymeters, what are they? How are they related? How are they different? Let's take a look. The way to be successful at something is you have to be so passionate about it that time disappears. You do not care. You are just in it. You can't wait to wake up because you get to start again. When you go to sleep, you hope that you dream about it. That's what I'm talking about when I talk about passion. I think this one challenges everybody. Time. Drummers think about time so much, and if we think about it, we start to worry about it. And when we worry about it, we lose our confidence. It's a bunch of exercises with a subdivision of 16th notes, and it's basically just 16th notes with accents and pulse displacement with one or the other foot. What happens is you're moving the accents everywhere possible in a measure of 4-4, a measure of 3-4, and a measure of 5-4. So let's just hear what it sounds like to hear three 16th notes at the same time as four 16th notes. Hey, hey, what's up everybody? Rich here. Welcome back to the Drum Mantra Podcast, episode number 20. Today, I'm going to play you a lesson from my website. The reason I'm doing this is it is almost seven o'clock on Thursday evening and I always try to post the podcast on Friday morning at 7 a.m. And I know it is the very last minute I'm just starting to do this podcast because I have spent about 30 hours this week doing final edits on the next book, the primary series. I met with uh, my editor three different times uh, for a total of, gosh, almost nine hours of work, Uh, two in-person meetings and one phone meeting that happened a couple times in one of the days. Uh, We got everything totally rocking on the book. It is going to be awesome. All my sentence structures are correct, which is a huge deal, especially to the editor. And I'm not naming the editor until you see the book because it's a big surprise. But I will say he is a good friend of mine, and he did a great job editing the book. Um, Anyway, that went to print uh, actually this morning, and I'm super excited. Uh, The proofs came back. They all, everything looks good. So uh, in just a couple days, the book will be back in my hands. We will start shipping them out to all the people who did a pre-order. And then um, I will be doing a book release party somewhere. I'll make the announcement for that. And of course, the book is for sale on my website, richstitzelmusic.com. It's called The Primary Series. And if you're interested in polymetric activity, but not totally sure where to begin, this is the book. This book starts with the dotted eighth note and the five note grouping. Uh, My first book, the foundational series, was exactly that. It was giving the foundation 
in preparation for taking on the challenge of polymeters. The entire primary series is polymeters, lots of beat displacements over dotted notes and rhythmic melodies over dotted notes, as well as five note groupings. It is a challenging book. I would say that it is on the advanced side, upper intermediate to advanced. I would say that's where this book lives. So if you uh, are interested in getting into something a little crazy, I would love to uh, share the book with you, the primary series available at richstitzelmusic.com. I also wanted to thank all of you for tuning in to last week's episode, the interview with Ari Honig. That was a huge success. It was listened to a lot of times, and and I really appreciate it. I got a lot of great feedback. Um, I got some feedback from people saying they had no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> we were nerding out pretty big time on uh, pretty specific drum stuff. So, That was a lot of fun. We enjoyed it. And I have another surprise guest on the podcast coming up next Friday. I'm not going to say who it is, but I will say this. You have definitely heard his drumming on the radio, on movies, and you've probably also seen his uh, his show on YouTube. But uh, I'm not going to say anything more until uh, after we talk, which we, we're going to be talking uh, tomorrow, actually. I'm really looking forward to the conversation, and I'm definitely excited to share it with all of you. Before we get started, I want to give a shout out to all the companies that I'm associated with. These drum companies make amazing instruments, and they are very cool people to work with. I really appreciate all of their support, and I, I urge you to check out all of the instruments from these companies. First of all, the ANF Drum Company from Austin, Texas. They are making handmade raw brass uh, drums. I love them. They're works of art. And they also sound amazing. Rami Antoon is the president and designer for all of this stuff, and his vision is ridiculous. They are one of the most popular companies in the world, and with good reason. My favorite drums that I'm using right now are the 3.5 by 15 raw brass snare drum with European walnut hoops. I also love the 3 by 12 Rude Boy and the 1.75 inch by 14 inch pancake snare. It sounds like a floor tom. It sounds like a floppy, crazy snare drum. It's awesome. So definitely check them out. Secondly, the Craviato Drum Company out of California. Handmade single ply steam bent shells. Johnny Craviato was the Ferrari of drum makers. And although he is no longer with us, His team of builders are still carrying on the tradition in exactly the way that Johnny did. They are beautiful drums. They sound amazing, and I love uh, all the people that work at the company. Craviato Drum Company. Uh, Evans Drumheads. I've been with Evans since 1994. They have an amazing assortment of heads, and I use a lot of different heads depending on the situation, whether it's live or in the studio. Uh, I go between G1 Coateds. Uh, G2 clears and G2 coateds, the calf tone head for a nice vintage sound, and I'm also really loving the UV heads for snare drums. Uh, Evans is an awesome company. They're always innovating, and I highly recommend it, checking them out. Vic Firth Sticks. I've been with Vic Firth for about 10 years now. Uh, the stick I'm using mainly is the X55A. I also love the X5A and the X5B. 
the 55A is right between the 5A and 5B, and I, you know, I go back and forth depending on my energy and my mood, and the sound of the room really determines a lot about what stick I'm going to use. I also use the 5A barrel for a kind of a funkier, more articulate, um, uh, kind of a thinner, more rim shoddy sound from the drums. And of course, the Heritage brush, I use them all the time. I love the Heritage brush. It's the purple one. It's the purple brush. And also the T1 timpani mounts, use them all the time. Love Vic Firth. Enough said about them. Check them out. Uh, the Polynome app. This is a new one for me. Uh, I just signed on with the Polynome app a couple months ago. Joe Crabtree is the inventor of the app. It is uh, the metronome on steroids, if ever there was one. You can do any polyrhythm that you can dream up. 11 with 17. 7 with 18. Really crazy stuff. I guess that would be 7 with 9. That's not too crazy. Uh, let's think of a hard one. Uh, um, I don't know. 13 with 19. That's a weird one. <laughs> Things you're never going to use, but you can actually hear them. Um, it also allows you to program sounds, program rhythms, uh, do presets for playlists. You can also program entire drum beats in there. You can save things to folders and share them with other users of the app. It's awesome. The Polynome app. Um, Moravian Percussion and the Box Kit Cajon. Josh Trask is a, is a woodworker and hand makes these amazing instruments that are similar to the Cajon, but they are uh, a little more advanced. They have multiple areas where you can get multiple uh, pitches from the different areas. You can also turn snares on and off on the side of the drum, on the top of the drum. They are super versatile. They're beautiful instruments, and they sound amazing. The box kit, Cajon. And finally, last but not least, the Sabian Cymbal Company. I love these cymbals. I've been playing them most of my life. Um, I'm digging the Big and Ugly series. I'm doing the Apollos and the Kings, and they are great. I love the 24-inch rides on both of those. The Artisan series is awesome. I'm, I'm loving my 17-inch hi-hats. And, uh, of course, all the effects symbols. I love this new Trash Crash. Um, they have a ton of great things, and you should check them out. Sabian symbols. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into this lesson. This, this is a lesson that was featured in the Lesson of the Month Club on my website. That's where you can get a lesson uh, every month delivered to you for a full-on lesson. Um, it comes with PDFs. It comes with MP3 play-alongs. And the concepts are always sort of uh, unique and creative and insightful. Those are my three terms that I try to always stick to when I, when I create a lesson. I don't make these lessons necessarily to learn how to uh, you know play a s- specific groove like a like a songo groove or a, a samba or, or a shuffle or anything like that this is more um, the esoteric creative approach to uh, just getting to know the instrument a little better through some coordination exercises and some groove exercises that are fun for me to to practice so I, I like to organize my thoughts each month into a lesson and present it to you all so you're going to hear the lesson in its entirety today 
It's called Left Foot Independence. And if you if you like it, if it's something you seem like, you feel like you're interested in, um, you're more than welcome. It's on the website. It's available um, as a as a lesson pack. So you can get that lesson pack. It gives you access to the actual video as well as the PDFs of the exercise as and MP3 playalongs for the exercise. It's a lot of fun. I really enjoy making these uh, lesson packs and sharing them. And a, a, a pretty nice handful of people are, are checking them out each month. And that's very cool, very humbling. If, if you're one of those people, thank you so much for your support. I really appreciate it. Um, okay, well, here we go. Let's get into this left foot independence, and I will catch you at the end. Have fun. Hey everybody, Rich Stitzel here. Welcome to the lesson, Left Foot Independence. A great way to add some rhythmic color and some subtle texture to your groove playing is to involve the often overlooked left foot. So today we're going to dive into a series of exercises that will help you develop left foot independence. The exercises are based on a basic rock groove in the beginning. Uh, we're gonna go through three different time signatures. We'll do a good handful of exercises in 4-4. We'll do a couple exercises in 3-4 to introduce the polymetric left foot. And we'll also do a couple exercises in 5-4 to include uh, the spirit of the 5-4 uh, the to four polymetric relationship with the left foot as well. So let's go ahead and get started. We're going to do the money beat, eighth notes on the ride cymbal, one and three on the bass drum, two and four on the snare drum, and this first exercise is just going to be quarter notes on the hi-hat with the left foot. It's a two measure long phrase and it will be repeated eight times for a total of 16 measures. Okay, you ready? Here we go. Okay, so now that you understand the vibe of how this whole thing is going, we're going to run a series of permutations with the left foot. The groove remains the same. Eighth notes on the ride cymbal, one and three on the bass drum, two and four on the snare drum. But now, this is one of the more difficult permutations with the left foot. We're going to move the left foot over one sixteenth note to the E's. One E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a... You're going to find that your body might be out of balance, so you have to really concentrate on that. There's gonna be sort of a dancing motion happening between the limbs. So just lock in, sit with it, groove on it. It's a two bar phrase again, eight repetitions. Do it over and over and over. Do this until it's so comfortable that you don't have to think about it anymore. That's where the magic happens. That's when the music starts to take place. When you're able to sneak a 16th note subdivision in on the left foot on a syncopated part of the, of the rhythm without thinking about it, but knowing it's happening, 
that's when you're making a creative expression. So here we go, number 1B, exercise 1B with a hi-hat on the E's. Okay, there it was. I hope you've done a lot of repetitions and this is getting comfortable for you. Uh, we're going to move on to the next one now. The hi-hat is now going to be playing on the ands. Eighth notes. One and three. Two and four. One e and a, two e and a, three e and a, four e and a. Okay, here we go. Okay, 1D. This is similar to 1B. We're now on the syncopated part of the subdivision, and the hi-hat moves to the fourth note of the four-note grouping of 16th notes, the uh. 1E and a, 2E and a, 3E and a, 4E and a. And as you see, this is still a two-bar phrase, eight repetitions, all of these are. Okay, here we go. Okay, there you have it. That one might take a little more repetition than others. It's okay. It's not an easy exercise, so sink into it. This one is a little more natural than when you're playing on the E, though, because we're used to leading into downbeats. So it's a little more natural. It might sound a little more natural in your ears. So that's great. Use every different method that you can to start getting these things under your belt. Listening to it, practicing it, thinking about it, imagining what it sounds like to go a one, a two, a three, a four, etc. 
There are no rules on learning. As long as you're concentrating and really focusing, you will be able to develop strongly and quickly. Okay, the next one is all eighth notes with the left foot. Crank in eighth notes the whole time. So eighth notes in the ride, eighth notes in the left foot, one and three on the bass drum, two and four on the snare drum. Here we go. Okay, great. The final one in this 4-4 section is taking those eighth notes on the left foot and moving them over by one sixteenth note. One E and up, two E and up, three E and up, four E and up. So syncopation with sixteenth notes. Again, the balance might feel crazy. There might be some fatigue because there's a lot of movement with the left foot. Just settle in, get used to it. You can repeat this over and over and over again. That's a two-bar phrase, eight repetitions. Here we go. Okay, great. We are now going to move into the next section of this whole thing. Exercise 2A is now in 3-4 time. The groove will be kick, snare, snare, kick, snare, snare. Eighth notes on the ride cymbal. And the left foot is going to play pieces of everything you've just worked on. So we're going to play the downbeat of one, the uh of one, the and of two, and the E of three. One E and up to E and three E and up. One E and up to E and three E and up. This is the introduction of the polymeter. So your left foot is playing four notes in the same space that the quarter note pulse is playing three notes. So you have a three to four polymetric relationship. Okay, this might be heavy, this might be kind of wacky, but just settle into it, sink into it. It'll start to make sense. You can feel it. You can work on it a bunch. And once you have it, you've got more magic that you can throw out there on your creative expression. Okay? This again is a two measure long phrase and it's eight repetitions. Here we go.
Okay, cool. I hope you did well. I hope you really have this down. Now, just for fun, we're going to go to 2B and just change the groove up a little bit. So it's the same thing with the left foot. They're called dotted notes, by the way, dotted eighth notes. Every three sixteenth notes, that's a dotted eighth note. So the hi-hat will still be doing the same thing. Still eighth notes in the ride. And the bass drum, bass drum, snare is the groove. One, two, three, one, two, three. Instead of one, two, three, one, two, three. It's just a different variety of a three-note groove. Okay, here we go. Okay, great, we're done with the three, four section now, but we're not finished with the three to four polymetric relationship. That'll show up in a little while, but now we're going to move to a new time signature, five, four, and we're going to introduce the five to four polymetric relationship. And the way that works is in five, four, there's five quarter notes, so we're gonna go kick, snare, kick, snare, snare, eighth notes on the ride, and the left foot is going to be playing every five sixteenth notes. So it'll be one, the E of two, the and of three, and the uh of four. One E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a five E and a one E and a two E and a three E and a four E and a five E and a. So there's nothing on beat five because that's the silent remainder of those last five sixteenth notes. Okay, so here we go with the five to four polymetric relationship in five four. It's a two measure long phrase and it's eight repetitions. Okay, great, we're gonna do two more varieties of the groove. The eighth notes stay the same on the ride cymbal, the every five sixteenth notes stay the same on the hi-hat, but the groove this time will be kick, kick, snare, kick, snare. One, two, three, four, five. All right, here we go.
Okay, great. Hopefully you've done that a few times. I know there's probably a little bit of a balance issue. It's kind of a, a new territory for a lot of people. So uh, sit with it, practice it. Eventually it'll feel good and it'll make sense. And you'll just be that much deeper with your playing. Okay, we're going to do the same thing. We're just going to change the groove up now. So we're still doing every 5 16th notes with the hi-hat, 8th notes on the ride. But this time we're going to go kick, snare, snare, kick, snare. Okay, here we go. Okay, one final variation, number 3D. We are going to change the groove to kick, snare, kick, kick, snare. Every five in the hi-hat, eighth notes on the ride cymbal. Here we go. Okay, there are two more exercises in this series. Each are in 4-4 four, four time, but there's a little twist. Exercise number four is three measures long. It's a three measure long phrase of 4-4. Four, four. The reason is the left foot is going to go back to playing dotted eighth notes or every three sixteenth notes. So when we do that and you're in 4-4 four, four time, it takes 12 beats or three measures of 4-4 four, four for everything to resolve and get back to the beginning of the sequence. So what we're doing now is we're developing the concept of over the bar line phrasing. The left foot is playing a phrase that goes across the bar line. You might have heard of the over the bar line phrasing. That just simply means that a statement is happening and it doesn't resolve at the end of the measure. It takes a while for the, for the statement to resolve. This particular statement, because it's a polymeter, is an evenly spaced number of rhythms every 3 16th notes that just travels on and on and on and it just finally hits back at the downbeat every three bars okay so it's a three measure long phrase and we're going to get eight repetitions of it okay here we go
Okay, great. There's one more exercise. It's in 4-4 time, but you guessed it. It's a five-measure long phrase. The reason it's a five-measure long phrase is the left foot is now playing every 5-16 notes, and when you're in 4-4 time, it takes 20 beats or five measures of 4-4 for everything to resolve and come back to one. So it's an even longer extension of the over-the-bar line phrasing. Now, with both of these exercises, the last one and this one, the one that is a three-measure phrase and the one that's a five-measure phrase, it's going to feel a little bit foreign, okay? You're in 4-4, four, four. one, two, three, four, eighth notes here. But because of this rhythmic activity with the left foot, it's going to be kind of tricky to keep your place on where you are in the phrasing. We're really comfortable hearing four measure long phrases, eight measure long phrases, 16 measure long phrases. But hearing a three measure long phrase or hearing a five measure long phrase takes a little bit of getting used to. It takes some more concentration and it takes a lot of, a lot of repetitions again to start to settle in to what does this thing feel like. Okay, so this one is going to feel the strangest. It's a long phrase, 20 beats, that's a long time. Um, it's again, it's eight repetitions, so it's 20, it's a five bar phrase, eight times. Um, the goal is to get the groove happening, to get the, the, the coordination happening, but you wanna sink deeper than that and start to understand what it feels like for that phrase of the left foot to travel throughout that five measures because it hits in a different place the whole time it travels down that path of those five bars. Okay, listen to this, practice it, play it a bunch, lots of repetitions, it will get there. Trust me, good luck, here we go. Okay, excellent. You made it through all of left foot independence. Now, there are lots of different left foot independent exercises that I have, and I'll be presenting them to you over time. 
Um, this one was just an eighth note on the ride cymbal. We can change the cymbal ostinato and it gives a whole new flavor to what the left foot's doing. We can start to read rhythms with the left foot and I highly recommend that. If you go to my book, The Foundational Series, there are rhythmic melodies at the end of each chapter. Chapter one is in four, four. Chapter two is in three, four. Chapter three is in five, four. So you can pick a melody out of one of those chapters Play a groove in that time signature and read the melody with your left foot. A great exercise and a great way to start getting the concept of phrasing, lyrical phrasing, rhythmic shape. Because again, and I'm going to say this every time, the goal of this stuff is to not be amazing and flashy and like freak everybody out. The goal is to overcome the coordination challenges of four limbs to be able to more comfortably give a musical expression, a creative expression when the time is right. If you're playing a pop gig, the time might never be right, but it's okay because you've done the work. And when you do the work and you've gone deeper with your practice, playing a, a simple pop gig and never veering from the, from the job is a complete joy because you get it. You understand on a deeper level. So a lot of repetitions. Build that muscle memory. Really develop this stuff. And this is all in the spirit of you being a stronger, more solid player. Okay? Until next time, happy practicing. Take care. Peace. Alright, there you have it. Left foot independence. As I said a few podcasts ago, one of the big reasons that I wanted to make a podcast is because I thought it would be cool to have a place where I could listen to drum exercises and listen to concepts uh, while I'm driving or while I'm commuting or, or whatever when I wasn't near a drum set. Um, so hopefully that fulfills one of your desires as well. Um, I will continue to do this kind of stuff because I enjoy it and I think it's helpful. Um, you can send me a message at instagram.com slash richstitzelmusic or facebook.com slash richstitzelmusic. I try to answer every question that is asked, so ask away. And remember, this podcast comes out every Friday, so tune in and I look forward to speaking with you soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Drum Mantra Podcast. Your time and attention is much appreciated. I would love it if you went to the iTunes store and left a rating. And please share this with anybody that you think would like to go deeper with their practice. Take care.